I am not the bad guy. I am not the bad guy. I am not the bad guy. Not the bad guy. No. Good evening and welcome to this installment of the Trundlecast, our attic-based dripping cauldron of all things Trundle Manor. Trundle Manor, your one-stop source for fetid nightmare fuel to elicit wet dreams of the urinary variety. This is our faithful recreation of what it's like to be in the inner circle of the Trundle Elite. So feel privileged and keep those wads of greenbacks tucked safely in your desk drawer because this podcast only requires your soul. I am not the bad guy. You once thought I was. Thank you, Trundle Files. This week's Trundle Cast will be split into three in some sort of a way, as we've got interviews with the three darkest things that have ever entered the manor a vampire, a witch, and our resident black cat. So stay tuned for the interviews that will be split into three different installments. So it will be a very stay tuned y kind of an event. So we want you to listen to the Trundlecast and pay attention, because this is a very special third Trundlecast. No. Like a knife cut into your skin, and not the old crap. The new rap, like a running back, I jump into your head. Knock out the old crud and give it the new rub. I am trying to kill you. Well, this is another edition of the Trundle Cast, Trundle Manor's attic based version of what is inside of our heads. I heard that. I'm sorry you heard it. I was adjusting it to where I'm sitting. You're an asshole. Keep talking. What? That was Velda Von Minx adjusting her microphone because she doesn't know how microphone reverberation works. <laughs> <laughs> Who uh, among us does? <laughs> with us today is Velda Von Minx and our yeah. good Igor Polly, yeah. Billy, whatever she wants to go by at the moment. <laughs> She's got another name, but that's the family name, so we'll leave that at home. This is yet another Trundle cast, as I said, and this week we talk about... Uh, we talk to a vampire. You'll hear the very first installment of Brian Vamp, the actual vampire that does some uh, musical acts at Trundle Manor. Also, we've got a real-life witch that we're going to cut in the first part of her interview. And I think we might even have a little interlude with Little Devil, Trundle Manor's resident black cat. Little black cat. So on this episode, we... Well... On this episode, we've got a, a vampire, a witch, and a black cat. This was Velda's idea. This is going to be some fun after Halloween, Halloween fun. Yes, and it doesn't go beyond that. I had no other explanation than, isn't this just friggin' cute? Yeah, I tried to find out what the hell she was going for, but really, uh, it was just kind of that old-fashioned I like arts. Halloween symbols. What can you yeah. do? So anyway, Paulie, I want to make sure you talk into that microphone directly. Get that thing right up to those luscious lips of yours. Is this close enough for you? That's beautiful. (laughs) You're reverberating my eardrums. Fantastic. (laughs) Uh, Paulie, obviously our resident sloppy bartender, which we'd love anyway. And I'll gladly clean up after her if I have to. (laughs) But uh, so this week was 
Uh, it's our uh, G- zombie Jesus week. Yeah. As a lot of people put it, it's uh, Christian Easter week. And or gorging yourself on ridiculous amounts of chocolate week. We at Trundle Manor don't mind celebrating because that means we get to go to family members' houses. That's not part of it, by the way. But we do get to eat a lot of ham, so that is part of it. If I can have candied ham and not be punished, I'm happy. Any well, amount of... Spaz pointed out, uh, Jesus is much more of a vampire when you think about it than I did mm-hmm. read that. He made a lot of sense there. Excellent, mm-hmm. excellent arguments there. Yes, yes. We're all wrong here, Toronto Manor, but... <laughs> anyway, get that... Yeah, get that right up on you. Yeah, did that fall down on yeah, the tongue? Yeah, it keeps falling down. I'll stop talking about things. Yeah. On its own, it fell down? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I had it pointed up and it just drooped like an mm-hmm. old dick. <laughs> what a ball sack. It drooped like an old dick. dick. <laughs> what a drippy ball sack. Oh, man. Ooh, dear. Yeah, right? That man should go to the hospital. You really should see, see a doctor. That is not a, a good screwdriver. That won't work. <laughs> Is that even a screwdriver at all? What the yeah, hell yeah, is that, that thing? It's a screwdriver. Uh, From caveman the other time. One that I got here. Uh, this is... Oh, that's an iron spike. <laughs> Put that shit away. I'm going through Trundle Manor's attic drawers, the drawers of Mr. Arm. You know what? That's kind of a screwdriver. You want to see if that'll tighten that? There we go. Probably. Doing I, some... Well, actually, maybe. Doing some fixery at Trundle Manor. Making sure our audio equipment is up to date. So anyway, this week... (laughs) I'll turn that off. So anyway, this week at Trundle Manor, we did a whole lot of soul searching. By that, I mean I had a lot of downtime and did a bunch of nothing. But, uh, oh, good. I turned you back up. So, oh, fuck, I'm dripping my absinthe everywhere. Oops. It's not the only Uh, thing you're dripping everywhere. uh, I'm not that old. <laughs> anyway, so girls, tell us a little about, uh, a little bit about your weeks while I clean myself up. You go first. Come on, Polly, don't don't lag on me now. Oh God, ready for some dead on air? On the spot, on the spot, on the spot. <laughs> the last interview that we did with you, I cut out a lot of dead air. It's fine though. We love you anyway. Oh, just be natural. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you suggesting that I stop talking for a moment? Mm. Like that? I'm sorry. Yeah, my dream was <laughs> kind of realized, but it was at the wrong moment. God damn it. So. So, Polly, since you weren't able to go home, you ended up going to dinner with Velda's family, didn't you? I did, I did, and it was a it was a delightful experience. I met her gay grandfather and his yeah. and, his de- and his delightful partner. I was hoping you would at some point. Oh, that was that's the that was most interesting thing about my side of the family. <laughs> that, was, that was just excellent. We we talked at great length about William Blake. I was I must say, even as a as like a, an art history. Major and and British history and author of aficionado. I I found I, I was sweating bullets yeah. <laughs> during this discussion. My oh, my grandfather's God. partner has spent what thirty five years he said give or take. Yeah, working on a an exhaustive biography of William Blake, and I wish I had the the uh, title of the book with me now. It's it's downstairs somewhere. Oh, yeah. but, uh, he finally has it published after many long years of working at it. Yeah, I don't know very much about William Blake. You want to fill us in on what he did? Were his drawings, were they part of uh, the Homer's uh, Iliad? Homer's Odyssey? Was, was that? Did he do sketches for that? Were that some of his pen and ink drawings? You know, I don't remember. No, I don't either. Don't we can look remember. it up for later. Yeah. Well, it bothered me that this guy had so much of, an, of a fascination with this guy for so long, and I didn't even know the name when he first started talking about it. I, I know I've seen his works because I, I saw them 
you know, subsequently. Yeah. I just didn't have a name put to them. He was an artist and, and a poet. Right, right, that yeah. was a big, de- yeah, that was a big part of it. And he had a lot of religious-themed in- and mythological-themed works, I right. believe. I, I, I don't know much either. I should. Yeah. Mm. No, it was a name that kept popping up dur- throughout my my art history and and literature studies. And I just, I must admit, my that that mostly has has fallen right. out of my head as being useless information ever yeah. since ever since you know my dissertation. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. so something else that we did this week too. I mean, you know, going past family dinners but something else that we we ended up doing this week was we hosted a few other events that unfortunately yes. Polly wasn't able to come to because she does work in the service industry and that was some of the busiest nights oh, but we hosted I think that we hosted three parties yes, we did. in the last week for the next door neighbors the next door uh, theater show that do uh, yeah that do theater which they will be featured theater. in uh, one of the upcoming podcasts we interview the two mm-hmm. producer director writers and one of the stars of the show they'll be after our series of uh, the vampire, the witch, and the black cat. Yes. We know a lot of interesting people, and I, you know, I realize that it happens all the time, but now that we've been doing the podcast, we've been actively searching for weird people, I realize just how many come into our life week right. to week it's kind of ridiculous well, it's less searching and it's more they just kind of happen oh they do that's the way we, we have so set many it up people come showing to up at Toronto Manor that we have to do interviews every time they're here um, but so that was that's a very fun that was a fun interview and it was good to have them for the party they were you know they're theater people so a lot of them end up going home early because they have very early actual jobs yeah, yeah. To, unfortunately to actually support themselves yeah, yeah and, they uh, probably earn enough to keep them in theater exactly. yeah yeah just enough to keep them in their house, I'm sure. Um, well, one of them is actually going to school to be a lawyer or some something. To yes, do with the law, one who plays Elizabeth cool. Bathory is oh, in no law kidding. school. Doesn't mm-hmm. that just make all the sense? In oh, the world? that tickles me so. The yeah. bloodsucker is a lawyer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh boy. So that you know there was that. That was pretty cool, and because um, we like hosting things at Toronto Manor, I think more than anything we like having people over to the manor. As opposed to going to places, you won't really find Mr. Arm and Velda out on the town. We don't. Unfortunately, we don't do that well. Unfortunately for you, I'm quite happy here at Toronto Manor. I don't like being shut in. I have nothing to do with that. It's just there hasn't been anything worth me going out to that I want to give my efforts to. You know, uh, sometimes atrocities comes up that's worth going to. There's there are a few rockabilly shows that are fun to go to here and there, but really, like actually going out and giving a crap about. Other stuff is tough for us, and it's not because we don't care. It's just, you know, we're always in the midst of something. That being said, I can't wait to see you at Swing Dance when I finally get you out there. I know. I <laughs> I want to go, but I might play the fifth on my foot. I'll try because I've always I'll try. Dancing, that's right. I don't think you have dance since you've broken your foot. Yeah, that, but, uh, that's screwed up. A I've lot always wanted to learn to swing dance. Swing dancing, I I must say, every week when I'm watching these people, I'm exhausted just watching. So, yeah. Did you say it's like almost a class, or they they, they, they it's just swing dance? Oh, well, here, music, can we right? take a moment to put in a plug for yeah, James Street's uh, weekly swing dance evening at uh, James Street Gastropub and Speakeasy, 4224 Lynn Street, Pittsburgh, PA. Uh, every week from uh, 7 to 8, there is uh, a lesson, an open lesson, and it's uh, it's always very basic, so it's for beginners. Mm-hmm. And there's there's people who come every week, like advanced dancers who come every week and take the same lesson over and over. Because, you know, practice makes perfect, so they don't mind doing the basics over and over. And, uh, yeah, and they, they do an hour-long lesson, and from 8 to 11, the, the live band plays. And uh, it's nice. uh, it's either it's usually either the James Street All-Stars, who are a collection of uh, musicians who come to James Street frequently, and um, 
and uh, the Boilermakers jazz band, who are mm-hmm. who are an excellent band. I mean, the the All Stars are great too. Are great too. Don't get me wrong, but the Boilermakers are my are my special friends. Nice. We we have an excellent relationship, and they they dress in peri- they they dress period. Do they have zoot suits and all? Oh, they do. Oh, they do. fantastic. And their lead singer Wonderful. Jennifer McNulty is just a dynamite vision. She comes every week in these adorable little vintage shoes and hats, has a little suitcase. So she is just a vision. I love her. Wonderful. So, I, so they'll be providing drinks for the next month for Toronto Manor for that plug, right? Is that how that's going? <laughs> James well, I will. <laughs> <laughs> Better start stealing those uh, those drink caddies and bringing them down here. Shh. Toronto Manor always needs more booze. <laughs> I'm <make> Yes. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, well, I, we'll have to go to swing dancing at some point. I... Yeah, it sounds like a fun thing. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, I'm all into learning to dance with you. We can't really be the Adamses if we know no two two steps. It would just be wrong somehow. And I've got plenty of 40s dresses that need to be taken out. Right. And I need a lot of things that need taken out. So that'll be fun to get us. (laughs) On um, on my birthday, I actually worked on my birthday, which, you know, I had no problem doing because I just told every customer who came to the came to the bar said, hey, how you doing? It's my birthday. Yay. Made great money that night. Fantastic. And um, the Boilermakers were playing that night and um, they, you know, they got me a piece of cake and sang happy birthday to me. And uh, and then they had me do what they call the birthday jam, which is where they have uh, the victim stand in the middle of the dance floor while they play, and uh, whoever wants to dance with them can just come up and grab them and swing them around. <laughs> that's pretty much what it was for me, because, I mean, I've watched this every week, but yeah. I, I rarely participate. And <laughs> One of my re- uh, and all my regulars came up and danced with me, and uh, there was and this one guy who comes in all the time, and he is a little guy, but my God, he flung me around like a little rag doll. I was actually afraid he was going to throw me into the wall. Oh, like, uh. it was like a little tiny Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant, easily a head taller than him. <laughs> Could you imagine being a part of that and nobody comes up to dance with you? Oh, how oh. sad would that be? You know. Let me tell you right now, that's how socialization worked in the 1940s. People, instead of going to, to clubs or whatever, you know, Facebook, how people socialize now, they would, everybody knew how to dance. And right. dancing was basically socially acceptable public sex. I mean, you're very oh, yeah. close to somebody, you're getting very intimate with them. And, you know, you had your dance card at a public dance that got filled, and those were the people that you danced with all night. Mm-hmm. That was the way that the world used to work. Uh, everybody's grandparents used to know how to dance with each other. I mean, mm-hmm. they know a lot more about physical contact than we do. Yeah, and I, I it was one of the few times they could physically get close and, yeah, in a exactly. public setting, dancing. Right. It's like, oh, I can, I can, I can feel what's going on under there by by mm-hmm. grabbing you and rubbing up against you dancing. Okay, let's get married. <laughs> yeah, basically. Close enough. <laughs> I don't know if you guys ever saw this movie, but one of my favorite movies growing up was called Hope and Glory. It was set in the forties, and uh, one scene is where the daughter, do- the the teenage daughter, is drawing seams up the backs of her legs because <gasps> she doesn't have any which was a common yeah. practice back then. They would they would right. dye their legs sometimes with shoe polish or like yeah shoot like like juice of like some kind of to look like stockings. to make it look like stockings and uh, eyeliner was, pencil to draw yeah yeah, yeah. And, I don't um, have that steady of a hand she was dancing with this soldier and he's like those are interesting stockings you're wearing and she said oh yeah what about him he's like it's interesting that you're not wearing garters. They just seem to disappear up your ass. <laughs> Aw, that's the sweetest thing. That soldier later get, in the movie gets her pregnant, but... Nice. <laughs> well, I noticed all the way up to her ass. Yeah. Excellent I mean. flick. Yeah. Now, what else did we do at Toronto Manor? I know that we had... You know, we got a, an interesting addition to the collection that might be put oh. out there for sale that was actually part of the 
Uh, the ladies next door. Yes, the one who played Elizabeth Bathory. Her sister is a vet tech, and she has delivered us some kitten fetuses. Where this this lady uh, does seventy five spayings, neuterings per day yeah. for cats. So she gets a lot that are pregnant. You know, just you know. Yeah, and this happens. isn't this isn't the killing of you know innocent kittens. So you no, don't really have to practice. worry about that. Any time that you end up taking your cat in to be statistically uh, spayed, a lot may be pregnant. Yeah, to be spayed. Uh, it, sometimes it might already be pregnant, so you're taking out the, the baby. So be aware of that, folks, and also be aware of the fact that we're going to be offering kitten fetus necklaces very soon. Yes, in the that future. is part of our plans. Yes, that's something that they are so tiny and so cute that they have to be around your neck. I think that's a big deal, right? Maybe everybody likes a little kitten mm-hmm. in their lap. I mean, a I tinier have, one in your neck. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. yeah, I might have to wear two necklaces. One for the stereotypical Trendle Manor octopus tentacle preserved in the same fluid as the giant squids of London, England's Museum of Natural History. Those are what we give to children that are impressed with us or people that we'd like to very much impress ourselves. (laughs) And a tiny kitten fetus that is just too cute for me to pass up. So these are the things (laughs) that Mr. Arm's going to be carrying around with him every day. Um... We're going to be trying to get into Atrocities, which is a show yes, that I just the said Atrocity something about. Exhibition. I don't have any, any future information on that now, but that's some, somewhere that you might be able to find the, the trend lights. They finally got their Kickstarter happening, and I think that right now they're currently planning uh, all of the Atrocities that will be presented. Yeah, but uh, no, that's probably going to be one of the, the biggest uh, events of us for the year as far as selling our merchandise and our jewelry and artwork goes, because mm-hmm. it's all... Weird people with exotic tastes that we hope will enjoy what we enjoy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we have some friends that are going to be selling there. I'm sure he sells every time. It's Bill. Bill. Bill Zabub. Bill Zabub. The bone who collector. Does, who does some bone art and, and bony things. He's kind of fun He does to bony look things. At. Yeah. <laughs> I went to art school with him. And I'm very impressed with things that he creates, but like every other weirdo out there, he doesn't come out of his hole any more than we do, so <laughs> we never get him to the manor too often, but maybe someday we'll have him on the podcast. Yeah, I think I've met him exactly once in the four years odd I've been around. So. Yeah. 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 Um, and what else What else do we have going on this week? What's something? Oh, at the end of this week, we have our friend Mia, who has... Uh, our friends Mia and Sam, they're a photographer and painter that have been doing fetish, uh, you know, R to X-rated theme shows at the house. Uh, and our friend Mia is doing a photography show based on, it's called RAR, that is uh, different humans dressed as different kinds of animals. And I am featured in some of her photographs as a human bat lady. Mm-hmm. And they will be, uh, the art show itself is on Friday at the Pittsburgh Art House in, uh, where do they live? Hmm? Naughty Liberty Highland Park, the, the Pittsburgh Art House in Highland Park. Oh yeah, one of the oh, SSOA yeah. members. Yes, yeah, our, our dear chair. friends Admiral yeah. and Aurora live there. And um, oh, we also have a uh, our art show coming up very soon. Yes, on the 18th. On the 18th, which is the first one of the month. Uh, this is uh, pen and ink drawings by uh, uh, help me out here, Janet Sharon Bergmark. Sharon Bergmark. I thought it was. Oh, sorry, we were just at. Velda's family's house, and there was a Janet involved in that. There's a Janice. Oh, there's a lot of Janice in this world. <laughs> right? Anyway, <laughs> Sharon Bergmark, now that I've, I've said it, I remember saying that a bunch, but we interviewed her earlier on if the... there was a Janet, Actually, my family would call her a slut all the time, and it'd just be thrown out of the family, so don't worry about it. 
Actually, on the very first Toronto Manor podcast, we uh, we talked to Sharon um, mm-hmm. in the in the attic here, and that was one of our first, and I think one of our best interviews. It was so a great. Interview. It was it was fun. Um, so we we're going to have her show on the eighteenth. The opening, you'll be able to meet the artist. We're opening at 7 o'clock. We might try to have some kind of entertainment going on. We're not quite sure what's happening there. Also, we've got um, uh, Perkins' birthday is coming up on the 25th of this month. Yes, our shiny metal friend. Well, not so shiny anymore. He's been through a few wars. He's over 100, I mean, you know. Mm -hmm, Quite old. Polly Villy here would understand that he is of British stock. Oh, yes. Well, sort of uh, Indian stock, but uh, uh, civilized by the Brits, I suppose. He doesn't, it. he doesn't choose to talk about the wars, and that's how you know he had hard ones. Yeah. yeah well, very hard that's ones. A, He's very PC That's how you the pick the thing. manservant, the one that doesn't talk about his past. We British are very, are very not large fans of talking about our past and feelings <laughs> and so we, we prefer to live in the present thank you very much mm. I like that so that's the two major things happening this month at Trundle Manor is uh, the 18th and the 25th yes. so please join us for those they both start around 7 o'clock in the evenings on those dates both we on do, Saturday we do encourage BYOB if you want to bring some stuff we should have something on tap to some extent uh, 21 and over, obviously, for those things, but we will welcome your company. So, and we would like for you to welcome Sharon Bergmark into the Toronto Manor family and Perkins into life. Perkins' birthday is also Mr. Arm's birthday. And oh, you don't have to say that. I know I don't, but I feel as though <laughs> I should. Obviously, no presents or anything uh, are required, but uh, some well wishes and, and some birthday kisses for both the robot <laughs> and the gentleman are preferred. No, In fact, I, I would actually love to watch you kiss the robot. I, <laughs> yes, you two should kiss well, each other. You know, what? you know what? There will be photo ops for Perkins' birthday. We're oh, going to be right. setting him up in the dining room. And uh, our, our good friend Jimmy Z is going to be doing some uh, photo ops. He's got his professional photo equipment that he will set up and stand there. Polly, I'd have you do it, but you enjoy mingling, so I, I would we never stick, stick you. you with that all night. I would never stick you in one place. He he, he, no he likes doing this stuff, so we put him there. And he does he does do beautiful photos. So so make sure to come in your your best of uh, if you want your best robot outfit. Uh, bring some Robo Lube, or as we say, booze, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and enjoy yourself on that night. For all you awkward kids who do not have a date for your no doubt upcoming prom, please take this opportunity to come to Trundle Manor and make your Perkins your prom date. Absolutely, he is available for prom more than to escort you to your to your sad, sad little prom. <laughs> I might, for no fee at all, just put little hearts around the photograph before I print it and send it to you. You so. absolutely should. Uh, so that's what's been going on at Trundle Manor. That was we have a very long episode. Uh, this time, excuse me, I've got Toronto Manor break burps. <laughs> <laughs> That's our sips. Let me do one now. Everybody, here's to Toronto Manor, as always. Cheers. In the air. <sighs> here's to the manor. Here's to what we're doing. And here's to all of you out there that are brave enough to listen to this tripe that we put out on a weekly <laughs> basis. And we look forward to creating some more for you in the future. Possibly this episode might even have a few trundle, trundle breaks followed by uh, insanity. So we'll see what happens on that home. Enjoy. Part. 
So I hope you all enjoy. For the manor, I'm Mr. Arm. I'm Val Devon Minx. And I'm Billy. Trundle Manor, Trundle Cast, we inadvertently invited uh, 
vampires into the mix. We let them into the house through the podcast alone. Inadvertently. No, every single one of them. So right now in the attic with us is Brian Vamp, B-R-Y-A-N. Vamp. Yeah. And he is uh, soon to be Trundle Manor's resident vampire. Welcome, Brian. Thank you for coming. Yes, and it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks yes. for being on this Trundle cast. Uh-huh. You're on number three. Uh-huh. How did how did we how did we find you? lightning I'm sure I could put some sound effects in there. Oh, we can find some. <laughs> So how did you find us, Brian? Like how was uh, I don't I remember how, how we ended up now. getting in touch oh, with each no, other. Wait oh, you son of a My bitch! Online stupid phone interrupting me. That's a pretty I'll ringtone. It's very That's hello. Beautiful. Someone was calling for the vampires. Oh, which is another story. I won't. But belabor that point, but uh, she's no longer here. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, she got staked, did she? Yeah, she took off, and oh. she is now her own person. I, I cannot control in the vampire world. We do not try to control our lady vampiresses. They are just as powerful as the men vampires. It's just mortal women that you and can control, we right? Cannot, uh, is she your fledgling? or? <laughs> well, yes, her- I, I did have one... Okay. One of them I made one, only one. And um, it was because I was so lonely and the years rolled by. Sure. And um, it was just recently, lonely. only a couple of years ago. I'm 40, 400, 400, 444 years old. Good number. Oh, that's quite old. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and um, so I wanted to create my own, one of my own because the other vampires... Well, I don't even know where they are, and that's probably for the best. Mm. You're a loner anyway. I am not a particularly (laughs) uh, strong vampire in terms of the tree of the vampire. I'm only a. If if the the vampire with network is a tree, I'm a little tiny twig at the very, very top. You sapling. So. Well, still stronger than any. <laughs> anyway, well, I can still do all sorts of nifty things, but um, there are much more powerful vampires than I. So mm. I did not want to attract too much attention, especially from the ones who can control the the whole thing. And uh, well, you're the first one on the Trundlecast, so I think you hold some sort of a sway over us. Ah, well. Well, we like you anyway. <laughs> Somehow you've acquired a piece I of it. Enjoy the, I enjoy you, and I enjoy humans. A lot of the other vampires do not. I choose to hang around humans often. He just called us humans. How dare he? Oh. You know I'm older than you. Oh, no, not you guys. I'm just saying that humans are oh, 695 we, we years old. Thank you very much. I've got you topped, my good friend. I, I just like to let people I, I just get don't, my age. I'm just not allowed to drink blood. That that became taboo about 300 years ago for me, at least. Oh, oh well. Well, you know, I'm sure that it was taboo much longer before that. But but then vampires became a, the thing to do. So I'm sure that's what you got. Bit. No, no, no. Well, I had no control over it, you know. It was simple. I mean, I was out in the fields in the old country of Hungary. And then this bat flew down and bit me on the toe. And on the toe? Yes. And it was, yeah, it wasn't one bat. It was about a flock of, you know, 150 bats. That's a lot of and bats. They, yeah, well, 
that's about. Is that hard for you to relive? Is that Is a it tough traumatic? Or... Yeah. Was no, it, it it was it was okay because as a human, I was quite old to begin with. I was already forty four, and in those days, um, most people only lived to about. 20, uh, 25, 30 years sure. old. Sure. You were and like so, the Methuselah of your generation then. <laughs> I was already <laughs> on, on way, the way past out. my due, due day. So I, the bats came and they started to tear into my human flag. And uh, I remember it. And um, But now you can pass as 44 because everybody's <laughs> past middle age, you know. Uh, yeah, You're in good company the, now. You know, it was weird. Because I don't know why the bats chose me. I mean, there were other people out working. It was late in the evening. You do seem like a supple man. Maybe they thought you were full of blood. Who knows? Who knows? What I've was. never heard you call another man supple before. Sorry. Just so it looks like it was a morph vampire that, that came down. And yeah, there were quite a few bats that mm. partook. And so, so maybe there was one solid vampire and the rest of them were his fledgling. No, though, it was one vampire. Oh, the whole thing? Coming in the swarm. Yeah. When I morph oh. okay. into vampire, I don't just morph into one little tiny vampire. You become a flock no. of bats. A flock is... Where would your mass go if if you turned into one bat, right? That, All right. That doesn't well, make sense. So, that, yeah, flock makes a lot of sense. Yes. Yeah. You know, you... Where would I go? I would get out of the trouble <laughs> that I was in, and I would probably try to take out whomever is troubling me um, as best I could. Sure. But mostly it's an escape uh, of, of extreme circumstances. Um, I did morph into a, a collection, a what? group of bats. What is your What is your favorite animal to morph into? Like, if you could yeah. choose. Well, understand, if you uh, morph into 150 bats, it's right. going to take about two to three weeks to come back really? into human form. That's a long time. And That's got to feel weird, so right? Yeah. It's yeah. a very painful, slow process yeah. of. Uh, the mo- molecules and molecular change that uh, you know I read that uh, um, caterpillars when they go into a cocoon yeah. turn into a slurry and then yeah. turn into a butterfly really? they completely turn into mush is that is that a similar thing like do you do all your bats turn into a mush and then you turn back into yourself um, like a gelatin yeah it's similar to yeah. that I would hmm. say yeah. that's hence the coffin is a good representation of a cocoon, then. It really is, actually. It's a great metaphor. Yeah. So are you saying that if we catch you in between your morphing, that we could bring gelatin you? molds oh. and... Gelatin, yeah. Make jello molds. You could not. I mean, I would never... Jello I would Brian never, Van. But yeah. is it possible? You would never be able to find me. Okay, well, that's As good. I was morphing, as I would choose jello a Brian place Van. where no one would ever look. You could try. Jello B... In fact, Man. I challenge you to try. <laughs> Jello be off. Yes, it's nice. possible. You Jello can be, catch me. Jello be we got there in the end. I, I was head of that. I'm sorry. In, in an uncomfortable... I, don't even know I do who have that weaknesses. Is. Oh, sure. Yeah. We all yes, do. Yes, you could. Uh, you could well, get you, me you in must a have gelatinous to... state. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, and I'm vulnerable at that point. But, you know, it's, it's hard to find. Underneath some rock in the forest, you know. Yeah, solidifying. Uh, yeah. Changing. Yeah. Uh, my favorite thing would be probably a coyote. Really? Oh, that or sounds like wolf. fun. That's easy. Because you can morph into that, and then you can morph back. The mass is probably I pretty similar, I don't change it right? to multiple coyotes. Or <laughs> it's just that one. Be, yeah. The one actually. Because they don't large. swarm. They have the pack, so that would be that would be a lot different than that. Yeah. Right, right. No, I just become one. Yeah. 
coyote. That's it. Because they're closer <laughs> to human size. I mean, you know, yeah. one that, becoming another one. Yeah. Right. You just shift form and back into the monster. So form now I know that they're switching not switching to I, bats I, or be, bees. <laughs> I know. Do you do bees? Like, yes, yes, killer bees. Brian Vam can nice. become a swarm of killer bees. Killer bees. bees. Well, that's yes. that's what they've shown Snakes. in the in the documentaries, in the nature documentaries, <laughs> right? Every On, time they uh, show killer bees, is that just I, a vampire think, in other form? Not always. I think that there was it was in the original documentation, wasn't it? Killer I, I bees. That was that was one of the original. Wow, I need to yeah, see that one. Yeah. I need to catch up. I mean, well, that was more in the book. Was it made after 1970? Because I that probably was, haven't it seen it yet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I need to catch Cause they, up. Because they didn't have. I don't think they had any way to make killer bees to put on screen. So okay. I think that was in the book. That I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah. Yes. But uh, so I was thinking, mm-hmm. since I know that they're not real, that that werewolves obviously don't exist, you know. Uh, so would 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 it be okay to assume that when people think about werewolves, uh, it's actually a vampire that's in coyote form? That's I could see that. Because uh, I, I don't. I, yeah. You know. Uh, Do you did you ever walk on two legs when you were a coyote? Uh, Is it part of the process? No, I I I don't. Oh gosh, I've never come across a werewolf. Per se, exactly. Sure. Yeah, that's why this I don't is think not they, to they say exist. that they do not exist. Oh, it's just that they're they're just fairy tales so. <laughs> compared to vampires. <laughs> well, I mean, I've got one I, right I, in front I've of met, me now. I, I can. I don't see have a time I met you. Remember nope. that bar that we went we met at back in um, Bonnie Ramone's oh, band that was playing at Howlers. And, that's when we met. Brian. Yeah, and Dude, there was some that was the first person. time we met you. Who told me they were a bad? They were a werewolf. Yeah. Really? There was a werewolf there too. Was that yes. our friend? Was that our friend, the admiral? I could I assume that he wants to be a werewolf. I don't think he was there, but I he bet he would say that. You're right. Some sort of battle. Yeah. Yeah. Now, whether he was a real werewolf, he had a lot of claims. Really like you, have you got hard proof of your vampirism? Could we? Uh, could we? Could we just see you transform into a bat just this once? A bat. A, a bunch of bats. I'm a bunch of bats. Stay, I'm not going to change into a bat. Oh, that's right. right. It takes you so long. Yeah. Well, the interview. That would be it. We'd have to all, pause have to the interview. Fly away to the yeah. woods somewhere and then sit in a pile of muck for two and a half to three it's weeks while I pull oh, myself back into human-like form. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. As much as I love you guys. Yeah, and that's an awful lot of work. That is so much work. I believe you. I don't need the work. You don't need to show and, your work. Um, and I want to get this podcast too. out there. So, yeah, I can't I can't wait for that. <laughs> yeah. I don't care that much. But, yeah. but maybe It'll be later your birthday tonight, by then. Okay. I will show you the coyote thing if you want. Oh, I would <laughs> that. would that. be very cool, actually. <laughs> yes. So, mind me. Are you... Because I can sing. Becoming I, um, Mr. Arm's birthday soon? I am thinking about it. Because Mr. Arm's I going to have a robot and a vampire. Yeah. It's not then. my birthday. It's not my birthday. It's Perkins' birthday, my manservant. I figure he deserves the birthday more than I do because, you see, I've had so many birthdays. As I said, I'm a bit older than you. I've had so many birthdays, I don't need them. But this this old son of a bitch is so old and doddering that he needs every little party that he, he can needs. He needs some love, I think. You, He's yes. a wonderful man. Here's to you, Brian. Tonight, we are whining. We're whining tonight. 
I don't. More why. than usual. <laughs> I don't why do I? <laughs> oh, there's a fucking bug on me. Oh. Brian, I think not part good. of you ended it's up. Uh, not well. Do you, do you do stink bugs? Because yeah. there's one. <laughs> you left one of your brother over here. Yeah, but they're so stupid. They can't fight anything. They are really stupid. You know, I, I would not want to change into stink bugs. Sometimes, like when the townspeople attack with their, you know, their spikes and their t- tools or what they're for, and they try to come to my my castle and pry open the coffin with their whatever. Why haven't we seen your castle? Oh, it's very close. Is it? Yes, it is. I mean, you've seen it's our right manor. I think we ought to see over. your castle. I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't sure that Pittsburgh it's, had um, any castle. It's in Monroeville. Oh, really? Oh, yes. it's on you the know, corner of Throsham, uh, really. a member of Hell lives in Monroeville as well. Yes. So you, you've got you've got some good company. Lives yeah. in Monroeville. Yes, yeah. yes. From what I, I understand, I feel comfortable there. Yeah, something about. I think it's the made for you. Sure. Yeah. Very, a lot of undead soothing. history there, you know? Mm. Very soothing. A lot of undead just walking around the malls, for sure. Yes, it. I love the mall. Do you know yes. that I used to be the Easter Bunny at that mall for four years? Is that right? I was, and I saw plenty of undead activity. Oh, good wow. Lord. Okay. Some of them even peed on you. Yeah, well, that's a special time in life when the undead pee on you. And you're in <laughs> a bunny costume. Well, there you have it, Trundle Files, Brian Vamp. Our friendly neighborhood vampire. Sometimes they're hard to track down, but this guy just kind of came to us. We're happy to have him for some of our events, and he actually played our latest Valentine's Day show, which was one hell of a treat. You can find Brian skulking around the attic at Trundle Manor, but mostly in his bat form. But when he's not doing that, he's performing around Pittsburgh. You can contact him on his website at ReverbNation.com slash Brian Vamp. B-R-Y-A-N Vamp. Up next to help us stir the cauldron at Trundle Manor, we've got Julie the Witch. Her band's name is Devils in the Details. And we'll lead her in with her very own Trip to Hell.
I think we've got a real live witch in our audience. What do you think? Late witch. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> well, you can move that mic anywhere that's comfortable for you. Feel okay. free. Uh, I'm still trying to get the hang of like other people's microphones. <laughs> okay. I can I can tell that that microphone stand moves a lot because it's going. I'll keep my feet off. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's good now. Yeah, it sounds fine. Okay. Oh, wonderful. What so, are we talking about? So here we are. This is once again another Trundle Manor interview with uh, one of the dark forces that surround Trundle Manor itself. Like are you sure we can get you a glass? I'd be happy to booze you up. I'm alright. Okay. <laughs> This is one of Trundle Manor's witches. What do you think? Do you have? Uh, what do you like? What do you? What do you consider yourself? Do you, is, is there a better word to you? <laughs> There's like a bug crawling right above your head on the. <laughs> oh, don't mind that. You know that's a, that's a remnant of Brian Vamp. In oh, one of is our it? Vampires. Yeah, he loves him here. We have. Yeah, he, uh, he's not very good at, at rearticulating his body. He said he could turn into bees. He might. He's kind of listening in on the situation. Part of the interview was he said he could turn into bees and stink bugs, mm-hmm. but no. like a whole swarm of them, and sometimes they don't all rematerialize. So. Okay. Oh, right. So <laughs> So back to what do I consider myself? Yeah. Sure. Definitely a witch. Okay. Is is that the, the culturally appropriate term to use? <laughs> yes, let's be PC. Like the PC. Yeah, like, I'm just kind of curious. <laughs> I'm starting to get confused myself with that stuff. Like, is it transgendered or intersex or transsexual? I'm like, I just want to be polite. I don't know. <laughs> I just want to be trans positive in this world. <laughs> Which is fine. Okay. I think when you start out... And you realize that this is like what you want to do in terms of spirituality. Like we all sort of like in your teen years, you discover like the yeah. Lillowind Press, you know. And yeah. You start reading Silver Raven Wolf and discovering Wicca, <laughs> you know, things like that. My parents don't have all the answers. Oh, look at that. Oh, no. <laughs> right. Plus I was really sort of repelled by the monotheistic sort of male-dominated religions of the world. Yeah. Sure. And I think that this spoke to me more in a spiritual sense. I always felt more connected with nature, mm-hmm. things like that. So you learn about Wicca first, you know? Yeah. And you go through all these tenets of this, like, Wiccan read and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, so you have your own set of morals and guidelines that you have, like, in Christianity, you see heaven and hell. You know, and the reason you don't do bad things is because... Because you know, somebody will get you if you don't. Right. Yeah. And it also exists across like the New Age stuff, too. Mm. 
you're not going like you'll see karma. Yeah. And that's the means of control. I think that yeah, I think that's more like oh hey, there's uh, there's something that's going to happen to you if you're bad. Right. And I think that that's I like, think that's wrong. The whole punishment negative right. reinforcement thing. And I think like good and evil. I mean, I hate terms, but if we have to label something good and evil, like you're the, like being a good person and wanting good things exists intrinsically without the fear of God. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that. Um, it's like the whole my manager's being nice to me because the corporate manager is being a dick to them. So somebody is like looking over somebody else's shoulder. Like right. it's not really altruistic. It's somebody else breathing down their or neck. Or that you have to, like to be responsible in some way for the bad things that you do. Yeah. Otherwise, it'll just be chaos. And I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think that individuals and human beings have the capability to. Um, Good evening. We interrupt this ongoing Trundlecast to bring you yet another news bulletin from the desk in the attic at Trundle Manor. With us today, we have Trundle Manor's Explorer in Residence. Sir, could you tell us what the issue is today? (laughs) Well, of course, dear boy. You see, we've got wonderful specimens at Trundle Manor that I hope to acquire in my hunt through the dark depths of... Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, uh, <laughs> running amok all over Trundle Manor. I've got to capture them once again, but I could always use some help. Keep an eye out for the dung left about by the blackguards and horrible things of the manor. If you happen to burden some of their droppings, please don't be alarmed. They are not far, but they are quite docile. Just bring it to the attention of your docent for the night, and I will be down thusly to dispose of the horror. Thank you. This has been one of Mr. Arm's many multiple personalities. No, thank you, sir, and we hope that we don't run into one of these poopies you speak of. Good lord, these Italian loafers couldn't handle the muck. Well, Trundle Files will return you to this week's episode, already in progress. Control themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Without a major religion telling them. So, back to being a witch. I mean, yes, you know, yes. I started get, down the We're getting lines. very hardcore <laughs> into it way too soon. Okay. okay. I, I want to talk about spells and, and Oh, okay. I think he wants yeah. a ridiculous okay. Let's be situation. Crazy. Okay. I know so, I started this wrong. Let's, yeah. No, no, no. But, like, we'll go. Oh, you mean, like, into the moral philosophy behind Wicca and oh, witches? Oh, please don't. <laughs> okay. I well, sadly care very little about that. Okay. That's nothing on you. Well, it's that's where I started me. in terms of being a quote-unquote witch. Yeah. I mean, as I grew uh, older, you start to discover and sort of snowball into, you know, into information on the occult, and I became more of an occultist. Mm. Then, uh, you know, I am a witch because I do practice magic. If you want to apply, it, you know. Whatever word you want to apply to it. So do you do a lot of, like, like what do you consider magic? I'm curious about that. As far as, like, modern witches go, that's what I'm most curious about. Like, like what do you consider modern magic that is something that you adhere to? I guess as I go about my daily life, Mm -hmm. whereas in some people, you know, write affirmations or some people go to church and some people do whatever it is they do. Some people do nothing. I use the, uh, I use practical magic as a means of manifesting my own will and spirituality. Okay. Okay. 
I will use magic for about basically everything. It's part of my daily life. You know, every night before I go to bed. Or whatever path workings I'm doing at the time. <laughs> like right now, I'm really into the San Muerte. <laughs> okay. Awesome. So I've been, you know, keeping candles lit and created this little altar. She's in my car. And then all of a sudden, you'll see that this stuff that you put out there starts showing up back to you. That's yeah. really cool. You know, so I see her everywhere now. Like, yeah. she'll yeah. show up in TV shows that you never notice. <laughs> yeah. I'll be like, you know, it, she'll just show up in, in different forms of her persona or, you know, of the holy death. Like, so I feel like everywhere. there's a lot of research connected with all that kind of stuff. So to, to realize that it's coming back to you yeah, and since, giving you signs, like, you need you to know have, the history of it. Yeah, you don't have like a priest that's telling you specifically how to be and what's happening. I think that makes so, it more intelligent like, you than have mainstream to figure religions. it out on your own. It's your own way, right? learning. So I continue to... Do you, do you have like a mother witch that helped you get involved in this? In the very, very beginning, sure. Really? I had people that like led me down more of a pagan Wicca path. Okay. And then as I grew and started learning different path workings and studying different ancient grimoires, whatever path working you go down, you'll sort of find someone. Okay. Like when I started working with hoodoo, I found a hoodoo lady. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know, and things like that. Neat. Are there, go- are there Pittsburgh hoodoo ladies? I'm sure that there are. Oh. Mine isn't in particularly in oh, Pittsburgh. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, you just learn the craft and then you start applying it to everything that you want to do or manifest or bring to you or bring to someone else or... Yeah. And, you know, we're still very rooted in reality. So you kind of have to figure out a way to change your belief structure in which you can allow magic to work. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) So I use quantum theory and physics and learn what they're saying about particles and how nothing's really manifested or real until we observe it. I love that that very new modern science, like string theory and quantum physics, kind of relates to the very ancient pagan Ma- religions and stuff. Like and ma- magic. Yeah. yeah, I love that it all becomes it's, one. It's of. almost like there just wasn't a word for it that's the only, that's the only difference. Yeah, there was that, a bunch yeah. of politics that got in the way of like words. The wi- <laughs> you know, the witches of, of old knew about it. They just didn't have you know, the fancy words to yeah, talk about right. it. They that had their own words. Right. And then, you know, I just start playing with, you know, different, you learn in the very beginning all your herbs and what you can use them for and all your oils and all that stuff. Yeah. And then I started to really study the mechanics of magic yeah. and like the chaos magicians of the 80s. Alistair yeah. Crowley even, you learn about sigils. Sigil magic's one of the main uses of magic that I use. Really? Absolutely. Because it's, so instantaneous you're like i want this yeah and i'm gonna i'll do it for simple things like something at work's not gonna like go chip in time and i'll yeah. like i'll do a sigil <laughs> really and i'll get it to that's, go that's and that right. happens that works and they think the you're just a great employee yeah. <laughs> yeah, i know like when meaning i'm just making it easier for myself yeah. right or for instance like just most recently we went to new york city yeah Hadwick, you know I, I awesome. definitely want to talk awesome. to you about that because that sounds yeah. so, so like, exciting. So, like, I rented, there's this hotel called Night, and it's all black, so, of course, that appeals what? to me, right? Where is this? It's in Times Square. I mean, it's the... Son of a bitch. Yeah. And everything's painted black, and the inside's all yeah. black and white. Oh, my God. And I just bought, like, the cheap, reserved the cheapest room for, like, 500 bucks for a weekend. Wow. And it was, like, a, a queen-size room, but they're really tiny, and I was reading, like, the shitty reviews of the bed and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, I went, and I did a sigil, and I was like, I want an upgrade to the king bed. Yeah. Well, lo and behold, I got there. It was the new moon on, you know, the spring equinox and things like that. So, like, the energy for someone like me is very, that I'm in tune with, is very high. Right. I get there and they upgraded us to the penthouse. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. And I, the Brilliant. thing is, you can always say that's a coincidence, but 
Well, I don't know. Well, you know. look, yeah. everybody believes in a specific thing, and I the way that I believe in a lot of things is everybody has their own god, and you can call it whatever you want to call it, but there's specific ways that, that people have something attached to them that makes specific things happen. I consider it luck. That's that's what I call my god. So you may have some of your wicked gods, and, and I have something that I just you know, generalizes luck. Some people call it Satan. Some people call it gods. You know, it's all those things. So, you some like, kind of how, higher power, basically. right? So you have like a specific luck that is tied to you that allows you to get things done uh, when you just will them to be done. Like this is your type. To, this is to me. This is just me speaking. You know, I'm not obviously not going to change your mind, but. Uh, but like you can will them to be your way and your Wiccan thing gives you the power and the strength to be able to do that you know I and, wouldn't necessarily say I, I'm Wiccan at this point or I'm, well or, or, or my terminology yeah. okay my, yeah. I'm sorry my but they terminology have, like, the off, Wiccan but. like you you have this guideline of rules per se and when you're starting out but like right. I, I feel like I've evolved past that okay and like and, and in terms of being my own god in terms of creation yeah. I am yeah oh um, yeah and I'm, you know, I have a tendency to be more, uh, you know, uh, white or right hand path, we'll say. Okay. Yeah. But it's not, I've studied deep into the left hand path too, and I will absolutely take tenets of that magic and apply it to what I want to do. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And I, I feel like from what I know about you, you're mostly an altruistic type person, and I've never known you to be shitty towards somebody or, you know. Yeah, I, I'm really not. You're like, you're a very nice person, so it doesn't surprise me. Well, I believe in the white I believe in kindness, yeah. Yeah. I, but see, and on top of that, there'd be somebody thinking that it was karma that was helping you. Mm, you know what I mean? Whereas I call it luck, somebody calls it karma, you call it... Yeah, you know, it just yeah. seems like a different word and for the same energy. Goes, yeah, a lot goes back to... And, and then the older I got, the more I realized that I need less and less stuff to perform yeah. ritual magic. Yeah. And that it was really just my own It's will. kind of just within you. Yeah, yeah. it's right. a feeling, it's an aura, it's, it's a... And you, I, that's why I love the, the witch part of things because it's it's almost as if people are able to tap into that idea that like yes i know what my particular luck is i'm going to play that particular luck when i wake up in the morning i have three different colored socks three that's all that they are only three and i will pick out three different ones on the first try every single time that's just the way that my luck runs as long as i'm used to that it doesn't bother me Right. Okay. If I wasn't used to it, then it would be an issue. Things like that. Yeah. But I, I think that, like, once you're aware, like the witch, mm-hmm. like you, like a, like a, it, like a witch, like yourself, mm-hmm. once you're aware of that thing happening to you, then you're able to almost modify it through complacency to understand your personal aura or luck or, or you know, whatever you would want to call it. I understand it. what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, that... W- if we go into very like simple terms in terms of the law of attraction mm. a lot of like the basis of magic and trying to pull things back into a certain manner can you explain that real quick for people that are listening that may not know what the law of attraction is? well I guess a lot of people like in a very rudimentary book like the secrets meaning they create affirmations and say you know I want this to happen you concentrate very much on that in the present tense not I will have this or this is going to happen because you're all you're that sounds almost selfish well you're telling the universe that you don't have it right now so you're yeah. just manifesting wanting this particular thing oh. yes you're putting your so, want out there without an expectation sort of well you want to phrase things in the present right. like I want to be a better I want to be a better musician 
Okay. So like, I no, I wouldn't put it out there as an I will be a better musician because right. then I'm always going to be, but I'm not actually becoming that. Right. Yeah. You're all, always actually, striving for that. Right. Whatever thing. thing. So like, you learn to think in the terms of the present to bring things to you. Okay. Um, and that being the law of attraction, and um, I mean, it works very simply. But I mean, it's working all the time without us even realizing that we're creating our own reality. I mean, like I could look at this this bell here sitting on your desk, like the hotel bell that you know you can ring. Can I ring? Feel free yeah, to ring. Yeah. That. <laughs> and I might just be going about my other business tonight, and another like I'll see a a, a commercial, and there's the bell, and it rings, and like yeah. things are indiscriminately just coming right back at us. That's all the time. great. That's almost like visions, but right. they're Little just going moments. through your reality. Right. And, and I wonder if that kind of thing happened before, like the internet and television and things, where media was flying at you at all times. Right. You know, like, exactly. Yeah. I think to some degree it was. I think media has really changed the game and television I'm and things sure. like that because there's so much more that we're being bombarded with. But if you go back to the law of attraction and um, sort of use those tenets of us creating our own reality, which I absolutely believe that we are, without even knowing it, it's all in a very subconscious level. The more conscious you become of it, the greater you become at manipulating things that you can. That doesn't mean that everything is all a success and you can't do one spell per se and be like, that's it. I did my spell. It'll happen. Uh, magic sometimes goes over a long course. You could work something yeah. for months, for years. And, um, you know, you can't. And one very important thing, too, is to get all your energy out in the particular ritual that you're doing and put it out there and try to put it out of your mind and release it because the more you think about it, the less likely it is to happen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I realize that's a catch 22 because yeah. if you want something so bad, it's hard not to think about it. Right. Sure. But you have to release your connection or release your um release your obsession almost correct yeah for in order for it to free itself and be able to come back to you it's almost, yeah. it's almost like personal connection like the more that you want someone to be your friend the less they care right. about you like once you start to be a you little bit of cool. yeah if you play it cool <laughs> yeah. then maybe they'll come around you know they right. might they like might a understand. cat yeah. yes very much yeah. like exactly yeah. uh, that, maybe that's why uh which Craft and, and cats are so closely connected, you know, because maybe they are considered familiars. Yeah, your best bet is to just understand what you want, put it out there, and yeah. if I it always happens, thought it was make because it cats are very much alien and do whatever the hell they please and know exactly what they want, and so do intelligent women that know whatever they want. And I think that just you know, the male-dominated society just cast them both out of favor and said, you know, these guys are all going to hell. I always assume that's how they're connected. Yeah. Okay, well, that was only a third of what you're going to hear from Julie the Witch, one of our wonderful Trundle Manor guests. Julie is in a kick-ass band called Devils in the Details. I'm sure you can get their music from various places online. I'll be providing links on the Trundle Manor website. Okay, well, that was only a third of what you're going to hear from Julie the Witch, one of our wonderful Trundle Manor guests. Julie is in a kick-ass band called Devils in the Details. I'm sure you can get their music from various places online. I'll be providing links on the Toronto Manor website and playing some of her music on this podcast. Uh, on the next session of hers, you're going to hear a little bit about just a very taste of these Russians that we ended up talking to, some programmers that I'm eventually going to get to make an industrial robot the size of one of our skyscrapers. 
for all of our nefarious plans, of course. Uh, we talk about the beliefs of Mr. Arm and what drives uh, his decisions. So you'll hear about the religion that is Mr. Arm's religion. That's going to be for next week, so make sure that you tune in for uh, Julie's second installment of her interview coming up. And right next, we have Little Devil, who's going to tell us a little bit about uh, what it's like to live at Trundle Manor 100% and all the time. So up next is Little Devil. Enjoy. Hey, this is Mr. Arm, and in the studio we've got one of the dearest and nearest guests of Trundle Manor, because no manor is complete without our very own black cat. Of course, Velda's with me for this interview Hello. as well. And uh, we've got Little Devil. Hi, Little Devil. Hey, buddy. How's Hello. it going? Well, you know, you don't have to come off, you know, so angry immediately, bud. This isn't going to be a very long interview no. if you're going to be that angry. Jesus, dude. Look, I'm going to feed you later. Don't. No, don't worry about it. No. So anyway. Well, okay, Little Devil, what do you think about living at Toronto Manor? What is your, you know, what is your position? Yeah, you're going to get fed later. <laughs> that, that, well, that was, that was part of the deal, buddy. We fed you twice already today. Uh, so what was what? What do you think is your big part of the of being a part of Toronto Manor? Like, do you do you enjoy being here? Is it all about the food? Apparently, or you know, do you just do you just want to be a part of something bigger than bigger than yourself? I know, I realize how that came up. I'm sorry, but <laughs> that's just not even nice. He's he's a little Zaftig gentleman. I know our little Zephyr. I don't, <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know what you get it. Used to be a Zeppelin, <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, Buddy, you've been uh, part of the manor before the manor even existed, and we love you for that. We, you know, you are the little spoon of Toronto, of Toronto Manor. What do you think of that, bud? Ow. Aww. Oh, we love you, too. <clears throat> okay, okay, okay. I had to stop that. I understand how ridiculous that was and how stupid it was for me to put that in, but uh, I wanted to do something for the black cat, for the little devil. And it was short of having Valda or Polly do meowing sounds. I ended up spending uh, part of a morning uh, recording all the noises that he makes when we don't feed him right away. That's where you got a lot of that from. I'm not going to subject you to the rest of that thing. It's really not that funny or that good. I get it. All right. For Little Devil, from now on, this will be Mr. Arm speaking as opposed to my cat. But do come and visit him at Trundle Manor. He'd like it. He's a tour cat. He stays around when people are there. So, enough of this crap. I'm Billy Don Trundle for Trundle Trivia. So each week I'm going to have a classic uh, old-time Hollywood movie question, and Billy here is going to have a question about... Uh, villainous history. My favorite thing on Earth. <laughs> Fantastic. 
I do like to consider myself the resident historian, and uh, and Velda here is as, as, as a master of movies. Yeah, both things I feel like fit the manner quite well. We just want to pass on our arcane knowledge to all of our followers here. There's nothing we love more than than useless facts around here. So God, that's all we ever talk about is useless facts. <laughs> <laughs> so my question for this week is. What classic horror movie famously had its iconic sets reused to film a parody of it 33 years later? And my history question is, which king of England was convinced that his bones were made of glass? And we will actually air the answers to these questions at the beginning of next week's show, so you can ponder on them an entire week. Or just be a asshole and google them you're right i mean you have every right to i suppose yeah yeah what else is the internet for other than to just ruin trivia forever yeah we try and make things arcane and fantastic and you just ruin the mystery by right? looking it up we actually you like idiots. read the books and saw the movies and we did a, know put all in this shit. decades of research right we've made it our life's work dicks to know this stuff and you people are just gonna go and google it and ruin it <laughs> how very dare you <laughs> That being said, we love you all, and please keep listening. Of please, course. Please, we're begging you. <laughs> so we will be able to hear the answers for... We'll give you the answers next week. Yeah, so so just sit stay on that tuned. for a while, Pittsburgh, and stay tuned and listen again. I'm Vela Devon Minks. And I'm Billy Don Trundle, bidding you a very good evening. Good evening. Well, that's the end of this week's Trundlecast. I hope you enjoyed our guests and the dulcet tones of the manor. We had some drinks, some friends, and some trivia. Tune in in a week for the next episode. And while you're waiting, visit trundlemanor.com, where you'll be able to see a list of all of our future events, like gallery shows and movie nights. Or book a tour and experience the manor all by yourself. Be sure to peruse our videos and photo pages to get a glimpse into the lives of its inhabitants. And you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr just by typing Trundle Manor into their search boxes. Don't forget to send your stories of Trundle Manor, both unusual and unnatural, to the Trundlecast at trundlemanor.com. We may even read them right here. Now cut off your ear and stick it in a jar, because it's useless until we talk to you again on the next Trundlecast. <laughs>